Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. Hi, this is Steve Bremner, host of Fire on Your Head, and I give two thumbs up for Brian Ensminger and the Engaging Mission Show. In fact, if I had more thumbs, I would give them to. Welcome to the Engaging Mission Show with Brian Ensminger. We are bringing missions home. Each week, we hear from missionaries, ministry leaders, disciple makers, and church planters as they share about God's work in their lives and ministries. Like us, they are ordinary people who serve an extraordinary God. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Hi there, and welcome to the Engaging Missions Show. I'm really glad that you're here. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about how an eight-month assignment turned into a 15-plus year commitment, about how walking with a servant's heart by filling in the gaps allowed our guest to launch a TV show, about how a shift in ministry was almost like starting over in missions, and a very powerful vision for creative ministries in Asia. As usual, Scott McClelland is going to join us for the leadership moment. And before we keep going a little bit further, I do want to mention if you've never tried out audible.com, I have a deal set up with them where if you try out their service for free for one month, you can download a book absolutely free, no commitment or anything like that, and it helps support the show. If that sounds interesting to you, I recommend that you try the Bible. That's what I did years ago. I got like 90 some odd hours of the Bible absolutely free. I still use it from time to time. I love being able to listen on the go. And that's what I'd recommend for you as well. With that, we're going to get right into this week's episode. All right. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show. I am just delighted to introduce to you Renee Trianon. And this is really interesting because Renee got her start about 15 or 16 years ago simply yes. because she heard a missionary who needed a little bit of help and she signed up for eight months. And all these years later, she's there. She now has a husband and three children. She's been involved in just an amazing variety of ministries, just kind of fitting in wherever God would have mm-hmm. her. And and mm-hmm. from what I hear, she's just honored to be part of it all. And frankly, I'm honored to have her on the show. This is just stellar. So Renee, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Brian. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And you know, I was, I was thinking, I was going to mention this, uh, we we had some technical challenges and I'm really happy that God has allowed someone to create 3G connections so that we could do this recording. That's great. It's true. It's true. We had to try a few ways, but we got it working, hey? Yeah. So I, I'm intrigued by your story. And I, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. What was it about this missionary that got you to sign up for eight months and then stick it out for 16 years? Well, you know, I never... I don't have the fairy tale missionary story. I never grew up thinking I I would be a missionary. I never grew up in a Christian home, and um, so I became a I became a Christian as a teenager. And a few years into it, I heard this missionary preach 
at a camp meeting, you know, I don't know if they still have those anymore, but it, we, we were in a tent and it was raining and it was muddy and there was mud everywhere. And here was these missionaries from Asia and I didn't even know where Thailand was, you know, like he's preaching and I'm picturing the jungle, you know, and, um, but he looked cold and he looked tired and thin because that's what happens when you're living in a hot country and then you go to North America. Right. But, but the vision is so compelling, you know, as, as he preached, it wasn't that it was this, this amazing preacher or this amazing gift, but it was like, you know what, they need help and I can help. And, and, and that was, that was the only thing that went through my mind is they look like they need help. And you know what? I could help them, you know, in our, in our, in our comfort of who we are and in our innocence, I guess, um, uh, of not understanding the, the, the gap, I guess, that exists between missions and, and, and the home front. Right. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I could help, you know, I'll go there for eight months. And I'm just thinking, yeah, it'll be just a nice eight months. I'll help them. And not thinking that I would get there and God would say, no, this is where you're going to be for the rest of your, your life. And uh, so, yes, I, I didn't even know these, this missionary. I had just heard him and went and approached him later. You know, they were having lunch in a cafeteria and I approached them and, and sat down and introduced myself. And uh, I didn't actually move out right away after hearing them. It was a few years later, but I did get the ball rolling. I talked to them and from there, I uh, eventually ended up out in Asia and serving alongside of them and doing Bible college and training and, uh, and God just really got a hold of my heart. And each step along the way, he just confirms, yeah, this is what I'm calling you to do. Even though I, from the onset, didn't know, <laughs> you know, the beauty of God is that if he showed us the end from the beginning, we probably wouldn't ever take the first step, but he shows us a step and we take it. And then he shows us the next step and continues on. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's really intriguing because I think you might be the first person I've had on the show who didn't feel a specific call when they got started. And so I'm. No, on, on, I didn't. And so on a personal level, I'm a little bit intrigued to hear how, how you kind of stuck it out over the years. Cause, you know, that most people, if they're going to do this for a long time, God has been very specific. Hey, you're going to do this for a long time. With you, it was different. It was totally different. I signed up for uh, eight months of Bible college, awesome time of Bible college. So I, I enrolled in their Bible college because they didn't know who I was. And so a good way to find out if I'm actually normal or not is say, well, you know, enroll in the Bible college and then in the afternoons and evenings, then work alongside us in the ministry and serve alongside us. And so I signed up for eight months. I, you know, worked a whole bunch of jobs, came out and served for eight months, got on the plane and went back to North America. And I had decided before I ever left North America to come to Asia, I decided I'm not going to make a decision about what I'm doing, about long-term, any of that, because I don't want to be in some bubble. You hear people going over and getting stuck in a bubble and, you know, whatever. So I thought, no, I, very rationalizing everything, you know, in my mind. I thought, no, I, I'm not going to make any decisions. So I flew over, was there eight months, flew back to North America, and uh, thinking, you know, this is it. I'm going home. God hasn't spoken anything to me. I don't feel anything. And, um, said goodbye to everybody, came back. And it was as my plane landed and I got off my plane in North America and I was walking down the stairs. The Lord said, you're going back and you're not done. And that was it. And I didn't know, did that mean I'm going back for a month? I didn't realize that that meant I was going back for 16 years. I just was like, okay, I'm not done. So we'll go again, you know? So and I, and, and I remember walking down the steps from the plane, you know, and, and then eventually going to see my mama. She came to pick me up in the waiting room and 
she looked at my face and she said, you're going back, aren't you? I can see it on your face. <laughs> and, and I was like, yes, you know, and, and, and those conversations aren't easy, especially when it's not something you ever said, set out to do. It's not something you ever planned to do, but destiny connects and it's like, okay, this is God's calling and I, and I've got to step into it. And now all these years later, you have, you have a husband, you have some kids. What's yes. changed in the last few years? Oh, I think everything changes. You know, I, I've, I've served in so many different capacities over the year because it wasn't like I came and said, okay, I'm coming and I will be the leader of this, or I'm coming and I'm going to be the teacher of this. I just came to help. I just came to say, okay, these guys look like they need help. I'll help. So I'll clean the bathrooms or I'll do the books. You know, I learned how to do accounting because we need to have accounting done. So I did that for a while. And then we needed a registrar for the Bible college. So I did that for a while. So kind of, if you could call it my, my missions career, it's always just been helping and filling whatever gap needed to be filled. And so in the past few years, um, you know, I guess, what, 10 years ago, I got married, and then I started having children, so I have three kids. And and as that progressed, then now you're a married couple, and so again, the call starts to shift a bit, too, as you learn how to work, not only as a couple, but then as a family as well with children, right? Mm-hmm. And so a few years ago, my husband says, you know, I, I feel called to pastor and I really feel God telling us we need to pastor. And so we met with our leaders and spoke with our leaders and, and, uh, they said, well, why don't, have you thought of going out and pastoring in this area and pioneering a church in this area and, uh, breaking open a region, you know, because we've never really, um, in the South of Thailand, we've never really broken open the region as far as having creative ministries and churches working together and that kind of thing, um, as far as our organization is concerned. And so we thought, yeah, let's do it. But that also meant that now we go from a strong missions base because we were part of a, a, a strong missions base, the Bible college students, missionaries, you know, guys coming in from all over Asia all the time to now we're pioneering a new work on our own. Like, yes, we have our partners. Yes, we have our leadership. Yes, we have our team, you know, a six hours drive away. But really, as far as doing the groundwork in a new area, it's just the two of us. And so that changed a lot for us. You go from being a part of a movement and something that has a lot going on that now you've got to do the groundwork, you've got to do the groundbreaking, and you've got to do the pioneering to start to get a ministry off the ground and start to see people's lives changed. And so for us, it's been a major transition. I used to be, um, I used to travel and minister in different countries every single month. And now because of the shift of ministry, we've had to change and say, okay, we need to stay focused on this area for a while and raise up some leaders. Right. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot has changed. That's really interesting. As I'm thinking about that, you know, you, you talked about going from a base where you have, uh, you're working with a, a, an organization really, and yes. now you're pioneering. How does that change your day to day? It changes everything because just, it, it kind of reminds me almost of, of coming to the missions field all over again, if that makes sense. 
Because when you've been out of one base for a decade and you've learned how to minister in one place and you've met people and you've developed those relationships and you know where to buy diapers and, you know, just simple things like that, you move to a new region and you have to learn everything all over again. You have to make new friends all over again. You have to minister again. You have to build a new team. For me, I remember my daughter, she was six months old when we moved here. And uh, it's a tourist community that we moved into. So everything is in these little like value, like economy packs for travel. Mm. So I remember the challenge of just trying to find diapers that came in larger than a six pack. (laughs) You (laughs) You know, the things that you don't anticipate as being challenges suddenly can take you several days to overcome simply because you just don't have the logistics in place, if that makes any sense. So for me, I remember the day that I found a store that carried like a larger pack of diapers. It was like, I did a happy dance right there. I was like, I know where to buy diapers, you know? So that, that change, that change for us, it was almost like moving, even though it was the same country, same culture, same people, it was almost like moving to the missions field all over again because now you're in a tourist community. So it's a completely different um, ball of wax that you're working with, a completely different group, a different dynamic, and all of your amenities are different, your people are different, thinking is different. And then as far as teamwork goes, we didn't have a team. You know, we're finally getting to the point that we're starting to raise up a team, right? And and, and that takes a lot of work, but it, it's worth the payoff. It's It's really worth it, you know? Yeah, I, I would say so. I don't have any personal experience, but I would imagine it probably is. As you think about your life and your ministry, is there maybe a meaningful scripture that's been kind of foundational to what you do and how you do it? Yes, Jeremiah thirty three three, Call unto me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't yet know nor understand. That's kind of my... <laughs> if I had a theme song, that would be it. But that's my, my theme scripture. Because my life and missions have been, I don't know how to do stuff. You know, I didn't know how to do accounting, so I learned how to do it. I didn't know how to produce a TV show, so I learned how to do it. Um, I didn't know how to speak the language, so I learned how to do it. And every time I just said, God, your promise to me is that when I don't know or understand something, that if I call unto you, you'll reveal it to me. If I call unto you, you'll help me with it. You'll give me the tools. You'll give me the knowledge. You'll give me the learning or the, the places that I need to be to get the job done. So that's kind of been something that's always there. I could quote it so fast for you because it's something I always fall back on. God, I'm calling out to you and I'm expecting that you're answering me as I need your help in this area. You've, you've mentioned now several of the things that you did as far as being a helper or fitting in where the need was. And a lot of times we think of, you know, scrubbing toilets or cleaning the floor or something like that. And those are, those are viable and valuable. But a couple of the things you mentioned are pretty technical, you know, learning accounting, uh, producing a TV show. How did, how did you learn how to do that stuff? I had, that's the thing is my, I've got a great leader who's same thing, you know, they just get in there and figure out how to do it. Right. But, um, as far as the accounting goes, um, lots of friends helped out, Mm. lots of questions asked and you learn how to do that. Um, as far as the TV show for years, my, my pastor, he's like a dad to us. Mm. He'd said, um, our, our pastor in Asia here, he oversees the ministry in Asia and he'd said, you know, wouldn't it be awesome we're going into all these countries. We're ministering in all these places. We've got these stories that no one ever hears about. They're so incredible what God's doing, you know, in these hidden places of the earth. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could take cameras with us 
and report back as to what God's doing. So you hear that often enough, you know, and you're like, yeah, that'd be so awesome. You know, the, the visionaries, they're really great at casting vision, right? Yeah. So, so you hear that often enough along with everything else. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but the Miracle Channel in Canada, it's a 24-hour Christian TV station in Canada. Okay, yeah. Um, they, were, they were offering years ago, they were offering what they called the Master's Commission. And so you could go and intern with them for 10 months, and they would teach you everything about television. And we were really good friends with, um, with a lot of the people on the, on the station there in the administration area of the station and the leadership there. We were good friends with them, worked together with them. And one morning, this was when I was handling the administration for the ministry in Asia, so I was handling my pastor's email. And one morning, this email came across our desk, and it said that they were offering, they were launching their first year of the Master's Commission. And it was just basically the announcement of it. And I remember printing out the email, and I read the email through several times. And I said, who could we send? This is our chance to Mm -hmm. do missions TV. Who could we send? You know, who could do this? And I went through the list of possibilities in my brain and the list just got smaller and smaller. And it was like, no, that wouldn't work. And that wouldn't work. And you know, and and, and you identify everybody who could take advantage of this opportunity. And then you knock them out as to why it doesn't work. And eventually there was no one left in my brain that could do this. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, we can't let this go by because this is our opportunity to start doing this. So I'll do it. Hmm. And so by the time my pastor came in that morning, I said, I handed him the email and I said, look, so this just came across from the Miracle Channel. This is what they're doing. We need to send somebody. I'll go. And um, long story short, we contacted the Miracle Channel, signed me up, and uh, I was I was in Asia at the time when the email came, so I still, you know, had to get everything in order and move back to North America for 10 months. Um, and then while I did that, then my pastor on this end, then he started researching equipment and what we'd need, and he just started running with it on his own, figuring out how he could do it, and, you know, what do we want to do for branding and logos and all that kind of stuff, and started just doing stuff. So by the time I came back 10 months later, he already had a pretty good grasp of what we needed to do. And uh, in the meantime, another North American came over, fantastic in photography and in, in um and in writing, great gifted writer, wordsmith. So he came over and we all started working together. And we would take the cameras with us. You know, we were working in 10 or 12 nations at the time. Uh, 10 nations at the time, I think, in Asia. And so we'd fly into these nations and we we work with guys right in the countries and, and working alongside them, that father-son relationship, you know, and we'd preach and we'd teach and we'd travel and we would videotape everything we did you know, and then we'd get back. And I remember I, I'd take my power book with me and, and I'd be editing stuff on the fly or cutting clips or <laughs> uploading clips, you know, and then we'd get back. And the Miracle Channel was super gracious because they also, um, they also gave us a half hour time slot every week. So they gave us, I can't remember how much time to get organized. And then they, for quite a few years, they aired our show on the Miracle Channel which was awesome. Then that show then started broadcasting on the Miracle Channel. And then with the, 
with the advent of the internet and how it's progressed over the years, now we basically have everything up online all the time, right? Yeah. Um, so, and then different channels, it's progressed to different channels and different media channels and all sorts of different things. And then it's shortened into a seven from a 28 minute episode and, you know, all that kind of technical stuff. It's yeah. changed into a more concise package. But yeah, so that, again, it was just, we need to do this. Who's going to do it? Okay, I'll do it. Wow. And I loved it. I, I totally, I fell in love with doing it. You know, my, my time at the Miracle Channel was awesome. The, the staff there were just awesome, made some incredible friends, learned a lot, loved producing TV, you know, absolutely loved it, had so much fun doing it. A lot of work, though, huge learning curve and a lot of work. But again, it was just somebody needed to do something about this. And so, okay, I'll do it. And, you know, if you notice my life now, I'm not even in that area anymore. There's other people now that do it and take care of it and do way better job than I ever did of it. Right. But it needed the catalyst. It needed somebody to get it going. It needed somebody to start it. And so, okay, sure. I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll help out in that. And, uh, I'm all, I'm all the better for it. Right. Like you don't, if you keep, if you keep investing, you don't lose anything because God calls a blessing on that. God remembers what you've invested. Right. And he breathes life into those things. So yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, that, that's huge. I mean, just wow. Amazing stuff. Uh, with that, we are going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus more toward what's going on right now with the ministry. Sure. Take your leadership to the next level. It's time for the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland of FX Missions. Hi, Scott McClelland with your Leadership Moment. Thanks for joining us. We're in the middle of a series on navigating the pitfalls on our path to influence or overcoming obstacles that lie in the way of us maturing on the basis of our calling to be people of influence, people of significance. Today, we're talk talking about communication and understanding or communication and misunderstanding. As we know, communication and working together is not without its pitfalls. There are a lot of dead bodies and skeletons along that path. Sorry for the graphic um, example there. How is it that we are going to get through this minefield of communication and, and misunderstanding? I've got a few clues for you today. First of all, say what you mean, even if it makes you uncomfortable. Why would you do that? Say what you mean, even if it makes someone else uncomfortable. Why? The reason to do that is that you don't create false impressions or false expectations when you're communicating. When you're talking to someone, you're, you're reviewing something, you're characterizing something. You don't want to leave someone misled. You don't want to leave them believing something that isn't correct or true. Obviously, we don't want to lie. Equally, we don't want to create a false impression just to make it more palatable. Say what you mean graciously, even though it creates discomfort. Often there are at least three variables. What was said, what was heard, and what was meant. And we need to get to the bottom of that and make sure that people understand. It takes God's grace and favor to co-labor together in a productive, effective, and peace-filled way. When the grace thins out, the problems arise. So be careful to make sure that you understand what someone is saying and you're not just hearing what you want to hear. Also, be very careful to make sure you are being understood and that others aren't just hearing 
what they want to hear. Is that too much to ask? I think this is going to help you eliminate misunderstanding and become more effective in your communication. Be careful with words. They create impressions, which create feelings, which create actions, which create life. And it was Adolf Hitler I said, I think I believe, if I'm quoting this correctly, Adolf Hitler said years before he was in power that the worlds are shaped by the spoken word. Powerful things, these words. They've been entrusted to us. Let's handle them responsibly. Thanks for joining for your leadership moment. Come back with us next week. We'll be talking and digging in to another um, pitfall or difficulty in our path to leadership centered around the idea of expectations. We're going to talk about expectations. I hope you'll get back for that. If you have any questions or would like to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Thanks for joining us for your leadership moment. I'll see you next time. Until then, have a good one. This leadership moment was produced in partnership with Engaging Missions. Have your leadership question answered by contacting Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit FX Missions to learn more about how you can grow your leadership and engage in missions. Visit engagingmissions.com for encouragement, insight, and resources from missionaries, ministry leaders, and church planters. We are back with Renee, and we've been talking about some really, really amazing stuff, if I think about it, uh, learning how to produce a TV show, just not something that I would, have, I would have ever guessed that somebody overseas would do, and yet clearly that's one of the things that God had her do. Now we're shifting our focus, though, because that was years ago. There's stuff going on right now. So, Renee, would you share with us what's going on as far as the church planting and what you're doing right now? Okay. Yes. That's a great, that's a big transition from producing to now church planting. (laughs) Yes. Uh, A couple of years ago, my husband and I, we were sent out into a new, a new city. We were sent into Huahin to church plant. And so over the past few years, basically we've been trying to meet people, trying to do outreach uh, to make disciples and train up leaders Um, We're part of an apostolic platform in Asia. So what that means is we're a family of ministries that work together across Asia to encourage each other and encourage others to not only serve God in excellence and wisdom, but also in training up spiritual sons and daughters, right, into that increasing ministry anointing. And so our heart is to reach the lost, to train them to lead, and to mobilize them into the movement until Asia is full of creative ministries and churches. And so... To make that even more interesting, I guess, and a little bit more diverse, my husband and I, were a biracial unit. We're a bi- biracial marriage. And so we bring quite a bit uh, of different cultural identities to the mix of ministries mm-hmm. and uh, of ministry. And so as we set out to church plant, we came out basically on our own, sent by our pastors and sent by the ministry and, and our partners, of course. But as far as the legwork, it was just my husband and I. And uh, what's been really exciting, you know, what we what we can celebrate on the rough days is that now we're starting to see life change. You know, we're starting to in the Old Testament, they said, make a pile of rocks as a testimony or remembrance of what God's done. And what what we like to remind ourselves of, especially when you go from a large, thriving, moving ministry full of momentum to now you've basically, you're pioneering a new work, right? It doesn't look so glorious most days, right? 
Um, but we're finally at the point where we're starting to establish a bit of a core team. We're at the point where now we're starting to see a bit of movement. And what's exciting for us or what encourages us, that remembrance, that pile of rocks for us, is we start to remember the lives that are changed. We've got a, a girl in our ministry. She's now part of our core team. She's actually Filipino, and she works in in Thailand. So Thailand isn't even her 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 home country, right? Um, but the first time she came into church, she was drunk, and uh, you know this, the next few times she still was. But God, you could just see the heart of God on her. You could see the heart that he has for the lost, you know, and you start spending time with people like Daisy and you start investing in people like Daisy. And before you know it, they're accepting Jesus and their life is turning around and they're getting on track. And now Daisy, she's on the worship team. She prays for the sick. Is her life like 110 percent better complete turnaround no but yeah there's still issues that need to be resolved there's still things that need to be changed there's still growth but that's where grace comes in right is that god takes us from where he we were and he helps move us along to where we need to be and she's so worth celebrating so awesome to see that he's taken her from where she was to now we've got you know more filipinos coming into the community and coming into the ministry and she's the one who watches them she's the one who guards them she's the one who prays with them she's the one teaching them you know and i'll even hear her saying some of the things that i've said and i think yeah go daisy you know because that's when right you do something small when people see you do something small, they want to help. And when more people help, then the thing that you do gets bigger and bigger. And if we can learn to lead, then eventually we have a movement. And so for us, right now, we were doing this small thing, right? And a few people are starting to help. But if we can start to learn to lead these people, if we can start to disciple these people, then what happens is we have a movement. So as for us as leaders is we have to keep developing ourselves, but then keep developing those that are coming into the kingdom of God, keep developing those who are hungry for God and want to get involved and want to be discipled. And then they in turn turn around and make disciples. So it's a lot of work. <laughs> Most days it doesn't sound so glorious, but it's, it's, it's those things that those lives changed like Daisy that just make it so exciting for us that it's like, you know what, they say something or they do something or, or they get up and, and, and we were having a meeting last Sunday and my husband looked at me and, you know, married couples, they know that they can give each other the look and it just, you don't have to say anything and you've got it right. Well, he gave me the look as to, okay, it's time to start the meeting. No words were exchanged. Nothing. He just gave me the look. Well, Daisy talking to somebody else on the other side of the room, she picked up the look. She went around the room and she collected everybody and says, come on, meeting starting, come sit down. You know, something like that, something small like that happens. And you're just like, yeah, we're starting to make a breakthrough. We're starting to see other guys helping. We're starting to see other guys get on board. And as their lives change, it's so exciting. That's 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 what makes it all worth it in the end, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Now, now you've used a couple of key keywords that make me think that maybe you're using something like a discipleship model or something yes. like that. Is that how, how are you approaching planting this church or churches? Basically making disciples and training up leaders. <laughs> Okay. It can't, it can't get any more simple than that. Um, yeah, we wanted to move with a team. We wanted to have a team, but just the place where the ministry was at the time, it just didn't work to be sent out with a team. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so on our own, it was a matter of you, you meet a lot of people, you do a lot of outreach, you get out in the markets, you get out in places, you know, and then you turn around and you spend time with people having lunch and having suppers and doing stuff together and working on stuff together. And as those relationships happen, then now you can start to invest in them, right? And see who's hungry for God, who has a heart for God. Right. And, and, and so oftentimes we think that the church is just, you know, this church building and church happens at church, uh-huh. but really church happens every day. Church happens between you and I, as we talk and as we visit and as we bring glory back to God, as we cry together and we laugh together and we say, okay, let's stop complaining and let's bring this back to God. You know, so simply, simply made, it's making disciples and training up leaders, because if we can make disciples, they'll make more disciples. And if we can train up leaders, they'll train up more leaders. Right. And that's where the multiplication will happen. You mentioned that it's not all been easy, that they're, you know, going from the ministry you were part of and now starting your own thing. There are definitely challenges. What is it that gets you through the tough times? That the again getting through the tough times it's the it's the celebration it's those it's that testimony of celebrating it's it's remembering the people that god has touched mm. right um you know like we went through a time of struggling financially you're you're on the field and you lose some partners and you can't just okay let's just fly back and raise some more right you've got to stick through it you've got to pray you've got to write the letters you've got to make the phone calls you've got to get on your face before god but what makes it so worth it it's the lives changed you know i think of daisy and i think where would she be today if we didn't come where would she be today? What would her life look like if we had said, no, we're not going till, until everything's perfect. Oh. We're not going till we have all the money ready. We're not going till our kids are older. We're not going till we have a team. We're not going till we have the resources. We're not going until we can say we've got a good vehicle or a good house or the right building, right? If we waited until it was easy, would Daisy still be here? Hmm. Where would she be on her path? Would our lives have intersected? Would somebody else have met her with the gospel? Or would it be so much different? That's, that's what I use to encourage myself. When I catch myself being like, oh, this is really rough. Then I, you know, I, I take those daisies and the Mary Chews. And, and, and I've got a list of them that their life, that their life story, that their testimony, that God has so done such a work in their lives. You know, we have one young man. His dad killed his mother Mm. and his dad is in jail for life. And he became the sole provider of his family when he was a teenager of two younger siblings. Well, you can imagine somebody that that happens, that they're, they're not too happy with life and they're not doing too well, but they have an encounter with God. And even though the circumstances don't change, their perspective starts to change and you see everything around them start to change, you know? And so when, when we met him and we started discipling him and pointing him to Jesus, the change that started to happen, you know, and seeing him going from unemployed to just, you know, going through the emotions to not even to running away from his responsibilities that he didn't even want. Right. To see that change to now he's employed and then he wants to get a better job and then he wants to finish his education. and, And you see those steps starting to happen. You can see that what's happening on the outside is a reflection of what God's doing on the inside. And so you remind yourself of those lives like Daisy, like Ning, like Mary Chu, that 
God has so gotten a hold of. And that's what makes the challenging bits, which there are a lot of, but that's yeah. what makes the challenging bits worth it. Because it's like, you know what, God, if we, if we waited till it was comfortable, where would these guys be? And likely they wouldn't be in a good place. And that's not to say, oh, is it because I went that? No, right. it, obviously it's, it's God working through you and, and God making destiny connect. But, but those to me, those are my pile of stones. Those people, those lives, that's real life change that represented. And those are my testimony rocks that I take. Because he, in the Old Testament, they, they did that as a remembrance, Right? right? So that when you had the rough times, you forgot that we walked through the sea onto dry land. You look at the pile of rocks and you, and you remember and you tell the story and you cur- encourage yourself of what God's done. So to me, that's my pile of rocks. You know, I've got a handful of people that they're my pile of rocks. And I, I remind myself, no, I'm here for a purpose. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's challenging. But look what God's done in so-and-so. Look what God's done in this other person. And that, to me, is what gets us through the, the rough times. My husband might be different, but for me, that's, that's what keeps me persevering. That's what keeps me going. It's like, yes, that's a victory. And that's my pile of rocks. And <laughs> they keep me built up. Yeah, so you totally nailed the next question I was going to ask because it's, I was going to say it sounds like their stories become your Ebenezer. So you you nailed that one. Yes, I did yes. have I did have one other question I wanted to ask because you know you've mentioned that there's a lot of change going on and there's a lot, well, just frankly, a lot going on. What do you mm-hmm. see maybe coming or changing in the future that has you really excited? I'm quite excited, actually. We've We've, we've kind of transitioned from the just my husband and I, you know, drag him out, bring him out, make it work uh-huh. kind of thing to now we have a core team. And now that we've got a bit of a core team and guys that we can invest in and that want to serve and want to grow as well, we can do a lot more together. And um, we've been renting just a small building in the city, you know, um, but it's full and it's been full for quite a few months, you know. And it's not just a matter of having people and having numbers, but it's people that want to be invested in Mm. and that want to in turn be contributors and not just consumers. And so that's exciting because now that you've got, right, it's one thing, a lot of guys say, yeah, I can go plan a church. It's easy. Well, it's one thing to fill a room with people, Mm -hmm. but that's not church, right? It's another thing to create community. It's another thing to create real converts. It's another thing to create life change, right? And that's where the movement begins is when you start to have this community, when you start to have the life change, and then you then overflow that into others. So for us, the next few months, we're going to be hosting a women's conference in June. We'll be working with um, some other ministries and some other um, and some other ministers from across the area, throughout the area that have it on their heart to minister to women in this area and uh, want to see restoration happen. And so... We've had some people come and say, hey, look, we've got some ladies that we ministered to a few years ago. They're not in churches anywhere. Can we introduce you to them? Can we work together and bring them back into the family? And so, yeah, we're all for that. You know, we're all about reconciliation. We're all about, you know, bringing, seeking and saving that which was lost. So that's happening in June. We'll be doing a... a, um, not, not something huge, you know, probably 40, 30, 40 women, but uh, those are real lives and real women and real stories that are represented right there. So we'll be getting together with those women in, in June and doing some ministry then. And then also over the next few months, we'll be moving into a new ministry venue as well. 
with the ministry. And so a lot of work comes with that too, because we've got to really train up our group and train up our team that, okay, now this is your church. This is your ministry. This is not just me, me and mine, but now this is yours. And so now that transition starts to happen where you raise up a team and you let them run with it. You let them start taking ownership and you let them now start engaging others and engaging um, in growth. So for us, it's a lot more, a lot more discipline, a lot more organization because you know what you want and you know how to do it. But now you've got to communicate it to others and see others take ownership and see others walk in that. So a lot of growth happening. A lot of growth has been happening, um, but we're excited to see it continue to move on over the next few months. Well, that's, that's really exciting. I'm as I, I, I hate to do this, but we're going to actually have to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus one last time more toward the listeners. Okay, sounds great. Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Mission Show. You know, I think that um, there's a lot of power in, in being enjoyed by somebody and enjoying someone. And it, it increases our capacity to suffer anything, whether it's discouragement or overwhelm or hopeless despair. And I think that, unfortunately, most people underestimate the power of that. And, and we're so focused on performing, performing, performing and results, whereas God is so much more focused on being and enjoying. And so I think and for us, you know, focusing on, can I just enjoy my child today? You know, can I enjoy my husband? Can I let my husband enjoy me today? Can I let a friend enjoy me over coffee? Because when we're in ministry, we think we have to give all the time, you know, and, and then we get discouraged if our giving doesn't produce the results we think it should give. Um, and, and I think that it's about letting go of that and letting yourself be enjoyed and enjoying. And, and in that, you grow the strength to endure whatever situation's going on. So I would say if you're discouraged right now or depressed, you know, get with a friend, have a cup of coffee and enjoy each other, you know, and let go of some of that and share, you know, be honest about your feelings because that's what we, we often guilt ourselves for feeling those things and for feeling discouraged, you know, like I shouldn't because I know God's in control. And instead of just saying, no, I do. And God wants to meet me here. And that's a totally different place than, you know, I shouldn't. And therefore, I'm going to try to deny that I'm feeling that way. So I would definitely encourage community and then just being honest about that and, and looking for Jesus in it instead of guilting or shaming yourself for feeling those things. If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Mission Show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. All right, we are back with Renee Trianon. She, man, she's just had some amazing stories. God has really done some amazing stuff. But now we're shifting our focus more toward you as the listener. So, Renee, I know that most of the people who listen to the show are in the in North America and they feel called to the marketplace, even though they care deeply about missions. But sometimes maybe they start to wonder if what they're doing really matters. So what would you share with someone who's starting to question if what they do really does matter for the kingdom? I'd say find your fit, you know, find your rule. If your sweet spot is teaching, then teach. If it's being a doctor, then be a doctor. God's designed us 
for a purpose. You know, you, you think of, of power tools, you know, and, and, and if you use them for the wrong purpose, they don't quite fit. They don't do what they're designed to do. But God's designed us for a purpose. And when we operate in that purpose, we find fulfillment. We find effectiveness and we truly touch the world around us. So, so, so we need to stop wasting our time thinking, oh, that romantic missionary doing that, whatever, <laughs> right. changing the world. Actually, as a teacher, you're changing the world where you are. If you're called to that, and if that's what you're designed to do, you do it to the best of your capability and you will change your world where you are. Right. Instead of looking over the fence and going, oh, I should have, you know, stop beating yourself up over I should have or I'm not. Find the fit, find the sweet spot and then go that way. One step at a time and God will show you how to be fulfilled and how to be blessing others right where you are. Right. Maybe maybe that means you never go to the missions field, but I'm sure you're in contact with plenty of missionaries. Mm -hmm. Bless them, you know, partner with them. Partnership doesn't just mean money. Partnership means prayer. Partnership means taking care of their kids, right? Partnership means giving them a place to sleep, right? It means giving them a Bible, those kinds of things. So so find your sweet spot. Get involved where you're at. Do what God's designed you to do, and you will impact, and you will fulfill, because when you do that, then others are equipped to continue doing what God's called them to do, and together we make up the body. And what would you share with somebody who's, who is living maybe in North America and they're starting to realize that their neighbors, their coworkers, maybe somebody that they met at the store is from somewhere where it's not from here. Maybe they, maybe someplace where we think only missionaries go. I'd say take time to listen, really take time to listen. As North Americans, we love to talk about ourselves, but it's not just North Americans, everybody everywhere. We love to talk <laughs> about ourselves, yeah. right? So, so, so ask questions. And then sit back and answer and let them talk, right? Try not to judge them because they're so different than you, uh, but be their friend. Quite often, those neighbors, those people in your neighborhood that, that are from other world religions or from other places, you know, that we consider mis- missionary territory, quite often they feel as out of place as you see them looking out of mm-hmm. place, right? And they just need someone to be a friend. They just need someone to tell them it's okay. You know, I'm, I, I'm here from you. I'll, I'll listen. You need someone to pick you up. I'll pick you up. You know, be their friend without asking, without, without making them feel um, ostracized or without making them feel out of place because of their lack of language or their poor wording or anything like that. And when you take time to listen, it's incredible how much others will open up and then spend time with you and start to flourish because someone's giving them attention. Is there maybe a, uh... A resource, a book, a tool, something that you'd recommend for our listeners? There's two tools I use quite, actually, there's a lot of online tools now with that, you know, with the media age, everything is so accessible, which is awesome. But there's two tools I fall back on quite often. One of them is ProChurchTools.com. It's their blog. Okay. And they focus on media training for churches. And so basically on their website, they say, they say, we exist to help you navigate the tricky world of digital media. So they're very interesting. They, they, you know, point you out a bunch of tricks and, you know, ways to speed things up. Very interesting, lots of current content on there. So I love pointing back to them when I need something. Also, um, as a missionary, you're always working on your, on your, um, partner base and on your partner care. Mm-hmm. Another great w- resource I came across was, uh, Navigator MPD. 
org, and they're basically a ministry partner development online resource center for the navigators ministry, but it's an open online site that anyone can really look at. And so for me, it's been an invaluable tool for being on the field and continuing to um, minister to my partner base, grow my partner base, and, and minister to those partners in a way that I'd never thought of before. So both tools, completely different from one another, but great, great online tools. Wow, that's great. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because just last week I was interviewing a, uh, a person who does coaching for fundraising. So it's, it's really intriguing that this is coming up again. For those of you who are listening, all of these resources will be linked up in the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Renee Trianon. And Trianon is spelled like tree with a Y and then A-N-O-N tree and on now renee we're just about done and i do apologize apologize we ran over the time that we had booked a little bit do you have maybe a minute to give us one last piece of advice and a way for people to connect with you uh sure uh listeners can connect with me and our ministry on uh, www.victoryasia.com or if they want to see specifically the ministry the church plant that we're doing right now they can go to facebook.com slash hhvictory. And um, my encouragement to the viewers is just don't quit. You know, you've read the Bible, you know the story. But if we just don't quit, we win. There's plenty of talented people in the world, but there's too few of them that don't have the tenacity and that don't quit. So if we can keep a steady course, eventually our breakthrough comes. Wow. Renee, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it as well, Brian. I'd like to say one more huge thank you to Renee Trianon for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. And also to you as the listener for sticking with us all this time. That means a lot. As I mentioned before, show notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash Renee Trianon. That's where you're going to find links to the resources we talked about, as well as some things that you could tweet if you're interested, links to other places, that kind of stuff. Now, for next week, make sure you stop back because we're going to be talking to a missionary who's written a powerful book that highlights the transformation that can happen when we allow God to delight in us. You're not going to want to miss this. Make sure you stop back. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Mission Show. You can find more great content like this, along with show notes, by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, Please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes. Audio editing was provided by Jeff Butterworth of Sound Paradigm Studio. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.